This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Seattle Seahawks continue to prove that they were part of the worst trade in NFL history. They were just on the good side of it. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on this very topic, the worst trade in NFL history, because, Joe, as we watch uh, Devin Witherspoon absolutely light it up last night, two sacks, a pick six, uh, uh, Charles Cross, uh, an offensive lineman, they also drafted with the picks that they got in exchange for Russell Wilson. Noah Fant is out there running wild down the sideline. Uh, I mean, even for Pete's sake, uh, you know, getting the, the quarterback in, Drew Locke, uh, in a couple of series where he didn't look horrible uh, after the injury. You look at what's going on in Denver. You look at what's going on in Seattle. This looks like one of the all-time worst trades in NFL history, if not the worst. Well, from the Denver perspective, for sure. I mean, yes. in hindsight, it's so easy to bring this up. But you have to wonder, given what we've seen now, what would make you think, if you're on the phone with a team that is willing to trade a, quote, franchise quarterback, that you should be willing to take him on? Like, this is, again, the most important position in all of sports, the most valuable position in all of sports. And here we are, an organization that has had a guy who's won a Super Bowl for them, taken them to another Super Bowl, put up big numbers, been big in the community, a long-term staple of this organization, and the team is ready to trade him. And are they ready to trade him because he still has so much left in the tank and he's so good that they just need to get him out the door? Or is it possible they know something you don't? It's like if the Tampa Bay Rays ever call you to make a deal, hang up. Yeah. Don't do the deal with Tampa Bay. They're going to fleece you. Tampa Bay knows more about your players than you do. Do not do a deal with the Tampa Bay Rays. So that stands out. And there's some history of this as well. Remember when the Commanders, then at the time they were known as a different name, made the trade with the Philadelphia Eagles to Donovan McNabb? Like, how could the Eagles let a quarterback, their franchise guy, the best in franchise history, how could they trade him to a division rival for a second and a fourth round pick? Easy. They were happy to watch that divisional rival start him at quarterback because they knew his best days were far behind him. So it's just amazing when you think about if you were Denver, you probably just assumed giving up all those assets that you were really ready to take that next step because it's not like Seattle had some great young quarterback waiting in the wings, right? This wasn't Rodgers taking over for Favre or anything like that. It's just it's when you're doing business, you got to be very cognizant of why that other team might be willing to make that deal. Well, I mean, Pete Carroll right away was, yeah, Gino will be our guy. We'll be fine. You know, <laughs> right. basically it. Yeah, we're good. Don't worry. Like if you're Denver and you find out that Seattle's willing to trade you their guy to go with Gino, who at the time, all we ever knew was his Jets history. What do you think? Yeah. Your mindset should be. You guys should be getting off the phone. Yeah, there's no discussion about, hey, what are you going to do at quarterback? Yeah, we'll figure it out. At quarterback, we'll figure it out. No, we need to rid ourselves of this complete and utter nightmare that at the time was Russell Wilson for the Seattle Seahawks. And it's unfortunate that that's the case, but he's going to be tied to this. And now we see why. And and listen, there's no doubt that teams wanted to turn a blind eye or that the Broncos did at least to what had happened his last couple of seasons in Seattle, too. Because there was evidence leading to this. 
it, it wasn't like just this is what's going to uh, happen with Wilson. He's going to get back to being the player that we saw because it's a new place and all that. No, a lot of times guys fade as they get further down the line. But when I think about the all-time worst trades in NFL history, this now has to be in that discussion. And the Seahawks would know because they made a pretty bad one a couple of years ago for Jamal Adams with what the Jets ended up out of that. Garrett Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker. And listen, I felt terrible for Jamal Adams last night to to have to leave after nine plays because of concussion protocol. But there's no debating that that was an awful decision on John Schneider's part. No, not at all. But they took a swing and they missed. And that, again, speaks to organizational consistency and trust and everyone working on the same page because Schneider and Carroll have had so much success over such a long period of time in Seattle that they can take that chance, they can fail, and then they can rebound and come back later and be given the opportunity to make another trade, to to, to make another deal that can alter the franchise in a positive way. You know, we talk about teams like Chicago and so many others. They can't get it right because you're just constantly cycling through general managers, head coaches, starting quarterbacks. There's no there's no ability to swing and miss. There's no ability to take a risk because you're so scared for your job. Philadelphia could take the risk on Jalen Carter that so many other teams didn't want to take because there were some supposed red flags around Carter. Howie Roseman's securing his job. He knows he can take that risk and look at how it's paying off. That's what you ultimately want. You want to encourage risk, but you want it to be done in a manageable way, right? You want to be risk adverse, but you want to be smart. And with Philadelphia, they've had that opportunity. Seattle's had that opportunity. So it's no surprise that Seattle's always hanging around, right? Hanging around the alligator blood that they have in them year in and year out. You start talking about all-time bad trades. What else ends up up there? I mean, do we start with Herschel Walker? You start with Herschel Walker. Yeah, Minnesota only got two years out of him before he was gone. Two years. He ran for 770 yards and five touchdowns. Then he ran for 825 yards. Then he joined the Eagles. And all the picks they sent to Dallas pretty much started that little Dallas dynasty. Oh, not pretty much. It really did. It it really did in a lot of ways. I mean, Emmitt Smith ended up being a part of that deal. Um, Look. What did he ever do? Yeah, he stunk. Besides, Uh, you know, everything. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, um, uh, you start with Herschel Walker. I think there are a few others that immediately come to mind. Eric Dickerson was a three-team trade, if I'm not mistaken, with the Colts. Uh, That ended up with Cornelius Bennett ending up in Buffalo. That was was not a great trade for the Colts. Um, Marshall Falk. Wait, getting Eric Dickerson was okay, not I'm a sorry, good trade? Excuse me, not for the Rams. For the Rams. For the Rams, right. For the Rams, I meant. But those two um, had had history later on. That kind of flip-flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Marshall Falk. Uh, you look at Marshall Falk, and he went and took his game to a whole nother level with the Rams when he had what he had to work with around him. And he, I mean, think about that. He was MVP with a great group of players. He was amazing with the Rams. He was fantastic. Yes. Uh, yeah, he played a, a pretty big role in how they ended up having success with the greatest show on turf. I mean, right. he was year in and year out. Like back, This is back when fantasy football really started booming. And there was that handful of, of years where those running backs were just the most important guys in the world. Yep. Marshall Falk, and then it turned into like LaDainian Tomlinson, Larry Johnson, Sean Alexander, all those guys. That did, Priest Holmes before Larry Johnson. Yep. 
Yeah, those but, trades. Uh, the one that always stands out to me, because it, at the time that it happened, it was like, eh, his career's washed. But the Raiders sending Randy Moss to the Patriots, where yeah. that was, what, a fourth-round pick? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I guess maybe the best days of Moss are behind him. And then he gets to New England, and he puts up the greatest wide receiver season we had ever seen in history. Yeah, that was a complete uh, mess, what happened with the Raiders in Oakland with Moss. And... That was the one time Belichick went out and got somebody who was going to make a huge difference as a major playmaker. And as we said earlier, even when he had Brady and he didn't necessarily had to go get that those guys, Brady had his best season because of Moss. And that wasn't even close. Uh, I look at Ricky Williams up there when the Saints traded their entire draft for him. Not the Saints, Dicka. Well, that's true. That's what was true. the famous story? Dick had traded all the picks to move up, draft Ricky Williams, and then lit a cigar and went and played golf? Yep, exactly. Which, by the way, just because you got rid of all your picks, that doesn't mean you can't still wheel and deal later in the day. Like, no, someone might done. still want to do something. <laughs> you don't get to just go golfing. Uh, apparently you do. Apparently you do. <laughs> and he did a lot more of that after that. Yeah, a lot <laughs> As a of result it. of that. Uh, Jerome Bettis to Pittsburgh for nothing. Boy, the Rams have been involved in this a couple of times. So we've mentioned the Rams in terms of trading away Eric Dickerson, trading away Jerome Bettis, and then acquiring Marshall Falk. Yeah. yeah at the running back position, there's a lot going on with the Rams. There really is. Uh, Favre getting traded from the Falcons. Most people forget that Favre was actually drafted in the second round by the Falcons, and then Ron Wolf the next year uh, traded a first-round pick for him. Ron Wolf loved him the entire time. Oh, yeah. And got him with the Packers. There, there's a bad one. So we want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What are the worst trades in NFL history? Where do they rank in where does this trade in particular rank for Ooh. the Seahawks doing what they did here in trading away Russell Wilson? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and you could certainly call what the Seahawks did last night getting it done. That's brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 888-SAY-ESPN. What's the worst trade in NFL history? Next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. They'll never be sacked 11 times, but you know, that's why it's a team game, and our defense came and played a tremendous game today. Overall, great team victory. Devin Witherspoon, a massive, massive night. Seahawks just burying the Giants last night, 24 to 3, and it wasn't even that close. The Giants have been outscored 64 to 3 at home this year. Oh, my God. That's as bad as could be. Carlin? Could you imagine, let me just add one note, Mm. one note, that could you imagine paying your quarterback in the offseason? Like, this is the offseason where we're handing out the big quarterback contract, and that is the result you're getting on offense? Cincinnati, Burroughs hurt. That's completely different. And Burroughs also proven. Like, they just paid Daniel Jones, and now they are one of the absolute most dreadful offenses in the NFL. It's not all his fault, but I mean, damn. Yeah. I mean, that was, he got no help up front, but he also was just terrible. It was organizational bad. failure. Organizational Ar- failure last night. That's Talked all that is. Him. There's not a single Giants fan anywhere that's going to call this show to tell us anything we don't already know or that we haven't already said. Oh, it's not that bad with Jones. Oh, it's not that bad with Dable. Or oh, the roster's not that oh, bad. It is. It's Stop. all bad. All of it. Yeah. The whole thing is bad. And you thought that you were getting a good deal with Jones because you'd be able to get out after two years. Is there a contract that you could uh, make that you can get out after six weeks? Because that's kind of what they'd like to do right now. Let's hit Brian in Connecticut up first on ESPN Radio on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Brian, what do you got, buddy boy? Gentlemen, let's stay directly on the topic of my friends, the Giants, who no one will argue are just historically accurate and dead on with trades. But when they traded away a guy by the name of Bill Belichick to the Patriots, I'm pretty sure they lost every phase of that deal. Well, the Jets actually traded Belichick to the Patriots. Um, but, yeah, listen, that was that was a bad deal. That Giants a, fans having a rough day today. Yeah. Now you're, getting, thing, now you're getting, getting, getting things pinned on you for things you didn't even do. <laughs> That's our, We played so bad last night, we're going to take responsibility for the Jets trading Belichick to New England. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I love it. That was the year the Jets ended up with four first-round picks. And I think they did okay with it. They ended up with Pennington, uh, I believe. And I'm trying to think of the other guys. But uh, two of them weren't that great. I know that. Uh, Out of that entire deal with the Patriots. Uh, How about Dustin in Utah next on ESPN Radio? Dustin, what do you got? Well, I messed up because it's not actually a a trade, but I guess it was a free agent. But I was saying Albert Haynesworth to the Redskins. Yeah, that was a free agent Ooh. signing. Yeah, that was, that, but that was a bad free agent signing. Hey, listen, we open up that can of worms. We can talk bad free agent signings. I mean, how much time you got? If, we'll uh, be here till Friday. Yeah, Freddie yeah. and Harry can take the day off. We'll just exactly. go right through that show. We'll cover nights. We'll cover everything. Move over playoff baseball. 
Carlin versus Joe has 10,000 bad free agent signings. I'll never get over Namdi Asimov with the Eagles. That one was just... Oh, my God. Because we all felt good about it. And then there were the people that really knew the game, and they were like, Asimov's great because no one ever throws his way. And it's like, well, why does no one throw at him? And it's because there's one good defender on the Raiders. He's it. So every game plan is just avoid that guy and go the other way. Oh, my God. It's like, wow, that makes sense. Was Namdi Asimov in the Dream Team era? He, yeah. was the, he was the lead of the dream team, him. Oh, and then God. Vince Young was the one who said it. But yeah. Namdi was the crown jewel in the dream team offseason. The Jets trade uh, with Belichick was also the year they traded Keyshawn to Tampa Bay. So they had four first-round picks as a result. It was Pennington, John Abraham, who was a very good player, but better yeah. in Atlanta than he was yeah. with the Jets. Uh, and then Becht, Anthony Becht, who was eh, – and Sean Ellis, who – you know, was was decent at the beginning of his career. Should have been a whole lot better. Mike in Toledo next on ESPN Radio. Mike, go. What do you got? Uh, the worst trade, or one of the worst trades, is when the Browns sent Trent Richardson to the Colts. Oof. And the Colts gave up about a dozen draft picks. Oh, they gave up was, a first rounder. It was a first rounder. Trent Richardson, they gave up remember a first him? Rounder. <laughs> oh man, uh, Mike Lombardi, who you see on—he uh, used to work with New England. He's been all over the place. He was in Cleveland. He was in Cleveland one year. He made that deal with Ryan Grigson in Indianapolis. Lombardi never gets credit for that. That they came in, evaluated Richardson, and were able to move him for a first which was an all-time heist considering what happened after that. Are you sensing a, a theme here with these worst trades of all time? A lot involved running backs, it seems like. Exactly. Exactly. Tyler. Jerome, Jerome Bettis, Marshall Falk, Trent Richardson we're talking about, uh, Eric Dickerson. A lot of running backs getting moved in some of these all-time trades. Now, Herschel now Walker. some of them, yeah, some of them, though, not like Walker, some of them, though, ending up on the better end of it. On the better yeah, end. We're just taking some really good trades like the Rams acquiring Falk, and we're just blaming the Colts for it. <laughs> Derek in Connecticut is next on ESPN Radio. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, I just uh, wanted to touch base with you guys about the uh, historic trades there. No one brought up the Curtis Martin trade, and that was between divisional foes. Yeah, that was a, that was a restricted free agent signing, and they had to give up. Uh, picks in return for that. So not technically a trade, but Curtis Martin was phenomenal for the Jets. He was absolutely phenomenal. He's a great player. People forget just if you just go through statistically, he's he's kind of reminds me a little bit of like Frank Gore. Like you're around so long and you roll up so many big numbers and have so many big performances. But for some reason, your name just doesn't end up in the conversation when you start talking about the greatest of all time. Right. Like I'm not saying Curtis Martin's the greatest, but his career is a lot better than I think people remember him for. Oh, there's no question. He is not the guy whose name comes up immediately. Right. But he is. He was a great back like Frank Gore. Frank Gore was very, very good for a long time. I think Curtis Martin was a great player. Okay. Was a great player. Uh, Tyler, Pittsburgh, next, ESPN Radio. Tyler, what do you got? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I don't think the jury's out on this Russell Wilson trade. Uh, I know last year was really rough, and I do think Denver gave up more than they should have to Seattle. But so far this year, Russell Wilson has looked great. He's top three in quarterback rating he's top two in touchdowns he only has two interceptions and i really think if he keeps playing like this they have a chance to be successful in the future 
Interesting. Yeah, I, in the uh, world of sports talk, someone willing to demonstrate a little patience. Very rare. Very rare. So the, it's the unicorn of sports talk radio here, Carlin. All right. First of all, get out of here with that. I mean, patience. Patience. That, yeah, we don't have time for it. You need a strong take now. I don't have patience for your patience, okay? <laughs> I really don't. Uh, if you want to talk about that with Russell Wilson, that's fine. Here's the problem. You could talk about where he is with quarterback rating, or you can go with the raw quarterback rating where Russell Wilson clocks in at 19th. Like, that's one of those things where people will take the numbers. Oh, look, he's right there. He's got similar numbers to Patrick Mahomes so far this year. Settle down. Well, okay. Settle down. To to, to back the caller to an extent, last year he's completing 60% of his passes. This year he's up to 67%. That's a noted improvement. Yards per game is up. Uh, TD to INT ratio. He was 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions last year. He's already got nine TDs to two interceptions. So I'm not going to say that we shouldn't talk about this as a bad trade, but to the caller's point, we probably do need to demonstrate at least a little bit of fairness towards Wilson. He's having a better year. He is having a better year. He has been better, but there's there's nothing that makes me think that all of a sudden he's going to turn into a great player again. Sure. Like, okay, he's better than he was. That's like saying – you know what? In the last two months, I lost five pounds. It's like throwing a deck chair off the Queen Mary. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like I'm, I didn't even notice you dropped those five pounds. Well, that's because I didn't. But it's just an example of if I had. But the point is, is like the bar was set at a certain level, and all you could do was be better. <laughs> I mean, they beat the Bears. They came all the way back to beat the Bears. Yeah. I lost oh, five man. pounds. <laughs> You know, between June and now, I'm a little hurt that you wouldn't say anything. <laughs> from from June of 2020 until now, I'm down about five pounds. Yeah, really working hard on it. This is the point. That's how much better Russell Wilson is. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. A familiar face is back in the postseason. Can he get to the World Series again? That's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
It's all, all on ESPN Radio, all the wild card action, and it begins the coverage about an hour from now with the Rangers and the Rays in the first little wild card matchups uh, this afternoon. It is Chris Carlin along with Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the man who will be calling that series on ESPN Radio, former Major Leaguer Todd Frazier, who joins us right now. Todd, it's Chris Carlin, it's Joe Fortenbaugh. We appreciate it, man. Let's just get right into it. The Rangers over the weekend clinched to make the playoffs, but then after being in first place basically 95% of the year in the AL West, come up short, end up losing the division. How tough of a bounce back is that going to be for them here? Yeah, it's going to be a big, tough bounce back, but as professionals, they got to keep coming to play every day. Uh, to lose that game one nothing and to see what Houston did uh, was pretty uh, – devastating and you were talking to Bruce Bochy today he said you know they were pretty upset but at the same time we come back today and I think they'll be fine he said if we needed to talk to him I would have but they look good and they look ready to roll you know speaking of Bochy it's kind of interesting he's run out of San Francisco Gabe Kapler takes over Kapler's now been let go and since then Bochy takes over in Texas and has him back in the postseason stumble or not down the stretch it speaks to how much success Bochy's had in multiple locations what is it about his ability to push the right buttons and him having Texas where they are right now you know you could see them getting hot he had Giants teams that weren't the best in the NL but he took them all the way yeah, it speaks volumes to who he is, to, to the players buying into his concepts and understanding what Bruce can bring to a team. And I think it's the veteran presence, a guy that's been there before, and um, he, he understands what you know what his players needs and what they do best. And for him, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer through and through. He's got the, he's got the tools. He got ever the players that can do it. It's just a matter of everybody staying healthy. And I think uh, today throwing Jordan Montgomery, who's been hot of late, is going to bode well for them. Todd Frazier with us. He is calling the Rangers and Rays here on ESPN Radio this afternoon, along with Mike Monaco from Tampa in the Wild Card Series. Uh, Frazier, when you look at uh, Texas, they lose Jacob DeGrom early in the year. They trade for Max Scherzer. They lose him. How have they navigated their way through this pitching-wise to get to this point? Well, I think you got to first start about the hitters. They, they hit well. They have a really good lineup top to bottom. Their bullpen has been shaky this all, all the whole season, to be honest with you. They're going to lean on LeClerc and Chapman to uh, take care of that. But, yeah, the starters have come in, giving them long innings, uh, picking up like Max Scherzer and uh, Jordan Montgomery. And, you know, having a healthy Nate Evaldi is going to help them along the way. So it's a matter. It's a place. It's postseason now. It's a new season. It's a new year. Forget about what everybody's done in the past. Who's going to step up to the challenge and who's going to make it, you know, to the next round? You only have three games and it's all here in Tampa Bay. So that's going to be the toughest part for them to to understand. You know, speaking of the Rays, 99 wins this season, fourth best in baseball, plus 195 run differential, third best in baseball. Maybe we're not talking about them as much because Baltimore won the division, but how dangerous is Tampa in terms of a deep possible run? Yeah, very dangerous. They, they've they been here before, um, starting with Randy Rosarena, who's had a heck of a year. Uh, I think they win the first 13 games, and they still don't win the division. This is why baseball is such a fickle sport. You never know. That's why you play 162 games. But it seems like whoever goes down, somebody else comes up and takes care of business for Tampa Bay. Kevin Cash at the helm. They've been doing it for a lot of years now. Quietly, down here in Tampa Bay, they have a new stadium coming up here soon. So a lot of good things happening down here quietly, but they're looking to come out uh, uh, gangbusters here pretty soon. 
But, Todd, how did they keep doing it? How did the Rays, not spending a yeah. dime, continue to put themselves in this position? Yeah, I think it's the guys that do come up, understand, hey, if I don't fall into this, this realm of what we're doing here, the guys, are, you know, they're going to find somebody else. They bring people in from other teams. All of a sudden, they're not having a good year. They come here, and, you know, you got to give credit to, you know, their staff as well. What, what are they doing differently than others? They don't have the biggest payroll. They don't have the biggest name guys, but there's something going on behind the scenes. What I, what? I don't know, but it seems to work very well, and I think teams need to understand. They need to start asking some more questions about what the Rays have been doing. You know, as we pop over to the National League, the Atlanta Braves were an absolute freight train this season. They have talent up and down the board. It's a, it's a, just a hell of a roster, Frage. But looking at them, yeah. if someone's going to match up and give them a problem, who do you think that would be? Yeah, I think right now, I think it would be the Phillies. You can't knock them out of anything. That team has been doing it for a couple years as well uh, with Harper at the helm there and Zach Wheeler, who's going to be starting today. So it's a team that loves playoff atmosphere. Uh, they've been around the block before, starting with Swarver, too, at the top of that lineup. These guys, I mean, think about some of the stats they have. You know, Swarver batting under 200 or whatever it is and hitting, you know, how many home runs are getting, how many RBIs has never been done before. So these kind of guys, they've been there before. They come to play, and I'd be on the lookout for them because Dodgers have some health problems, too, with the pitching and, you know, same as the Braves. Their pitching staff is good, but they're missing a couple guys. The guys are coming back off the DL or the IL, I should say. We'll see how they do. So it's a flip of a coin right now. Todd Frazier is going to be calling Rangers Rays this afternoon here on ESPN Radio. Uh, is there a team outside of the Phillies that you talked about that can make a surprise run here? Um, a surprise run? I think the Orioles. I mean, they've been... They've been fascinating all year. What a story for this team. Whoever they bring up, these young rookies coming in. Uh, I mean, let's talk about Gunnar Henderson for one. The guy is phenomenal. Um, Adley Rutschman. And, uh, you know, they, ha they have a pitching staff, you know, some no names that just come in and throw. So are they going to be prepared? Yeah, they'll be prepared. They haven't been there before, but we'll see what goes on there. I'm looking to see a good run from the Baltimore Orioles. Todd, enjoy it this afternoon. Looking forward to it. Yeah, long time no talk, Chris. Good talking to you, too, bud. <laughs> you, too. Todd Frazier, of course, he will have the call this afternoon on ESPN Radio. I saw him the other night at the event that I was hosting at Rutgers, because Todd's a Rutgers guy, and his brother Jeff was getting into the Hall of Fame, so that's what he's referencing there. That Just, Rutgers Hall of Fame night, that's a big function for you. you do, that's an every-year sort of thing, right? That is an every-year sort of thing. Every and, year, the Hall of Fame. You got a and, lot of good stuff. Who, what was the big, uh, the big in induction this year? I, I would say uh, Jeff Frazier was one of them, certainly a couple of okay. administrators, and uh, the big uh, 1976 football team. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Who, I know you can't forget that. I've been, I've been quietly clamoring for years about how that team has not deserved the respect or gotten the respect that it deserves. Well, if I may for a moment. I, I joke. I joke. It's 1976. Yeah. I'm just having fun with of it. Of course. But, like, <laughs> so they went last the other night. And I, my job is to just introduce them, right? Right. They go last. And, you know, it was a cocktail hour that started around 630. And I would say that they were probably getting in around 9.15, 9.20. And it's an entire, you know, it's a good 40 guys there. So by the time I got up there and was uh, introducing them, they were ready to go. <laughs> they were certainly ready to go, quite a few of them. And I would say that this would be one of the first times that I was introducing a Hall of Fame team or 
person or whoever, where after each sentence of my introduction, there was some sort of a reaction audible. (laughs) (laughs) Including at the end, you know, hey, please welcome into the Rutgers Hall of Fame, the 1976 football team. And in the back of the room, I heard, finally! (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, okay, let me get off the stage here. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. After Monday Night Football, there is a new contender in the cash-in for Caleb Sweepstakes. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Caleb Williams oh, unbelievable. Some NFL teams are already looking ahead to the draft. So you're ready for the draft. All right, it's time to have some fun. It's time to see who has the best odds this week to draft USC's Caleb Williams. This is Cash In for Caleb. Well, I'll tell you what, we keep adding teams every week to this. It's getting huge. This is going to be a, this is going to be a hell of a lot more interesting race than the playoff race. The way this is playing out. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, my friends, I've got eight teams that are legitimately on this list fighting for the number one overall pick. And you can add the Giants after last night uh, to that list. You know, that was about as bad a performance as you can have. And I haven't seen anything that would make me think that the Giants aren't going to be in that discussion as the season goes along, Joe. So let's let's handicap this right now as we can. The eight teams I'm listing, and you tell me if you disagree with any of them or you think that there should be an addition or two. Sure. Patriots. Jet. Got to have – am I supposed to respond? At no, the go ahead. Patri- the that was Patriot. so poorly laid out by you. Now I don't even know what the hell's going on. All right, I'll do it one at a time. One at a time. And I'll give you a quick response. Patriots. Oh, absolutely have to be on the list. 
Jets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's going to get very, very messy because if you're sitting there at 2 and 15 at the end of the season and you're telling everybody, oh, no, we're running it back with Rodgers, what are you going to do? Are you going to get Rodgers help? Because you can't draft the heir apparent. You either draft the new guy and bring him in or you go ahead and you get Rodgers help. You don't play the middle ground. I'd love to see them draft his his replacement and then he gets cranky just like he did with Jordan Love. Hey. (laughs) All right. How about the Raiders? They have to be. And they have to be as a complete look for so many. I'm just going to say, yes, we can revisit them all. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. Yes. Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giants. Giants have to be after the way after how disastrous this season is looking. And it's not going to get any easier with the schedule. Vikings. Yep. Bears. Without a shadow of a doubt, they might be drafting two quarterbacks at the top. They got Carolina's pick. (laughs) They'll take Caleb Williams and Drake May. And the Cardinals. Yeah. Is there anybody here I'm forgetting? And I did not throw Carolina in because they don't have their pick. Correct. Um, I uh, let's see who else. I left Cincinnati out because they obviously have Joe Burrow. And even if they ended up in that spot, they're not drafting a quarterback. Um, I did not put. Was there anybody else that did not put in that mix? I would throw out there. A t- I would throw the 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 Saints are two and two. They're not going to be in position. They're probably going to win enough games because they have an easy schedule. They should really be thinking about their quarterback of the future. What about um, the Falcons? The Falcons are going to win too many games. They're not going to be yeah. in play. But yeah, Desmond Ritter's not the guy. So they're going to need to figure something out as well. But what about I think Washington. The- How looks good. How okay. played really well against Philadelphia. I just threw it out there. That's all. How uh, needs look based on what we've seen under B enemy through the first four weeks. How needs a full season before anyone assesses him. Like give that kid a chance. He has shown enough good stuff early in the year that it's worth kind of riding that out to see if you have something there without without a shadow of a doubt. He's playing better than some of these other guys who were highly touted draft picks, right? Like yep. he's doing way more than you're seeing from Bryce Young. And I know Hal's been in the league a lot longer, but he, he's giving you something. How about Tennessee? They can't possibly draft a quarterback for the third consecutive year, can they? They need one. That's the thing. They need one. I am surprised they're still going with Tannehill. Malik Willis is now in year two. If he's not ready, fine. Then you draft Will Levis. I mean, what are you doing? What's the decision-making here? Again, Vrabel's trying to get the most out of what they've given him, but they haven't given him a whole lot to work with. Remember, Vrabel was the guy that was pretty annoyed when they traded away A.J. Brown. Uh, two years. Well, yeah. yeah. That's going to cost you wins. You saw what it did for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Uh, what about Pittsburgh? Wow. To assume that Mike Tomlin would go all these years without ever having a losing record and then lose so many games he's in position to draft Caleb Williams. I, I can't even wrap my head around it. I mean, I don't know if you'd be... Th- you can't move on from Pickett without first moving on from Matt Canada. I would want to see what Kenny Pickett can do with a different offensive coordinator. I think there's reason to believe the offensive coordinator could be holding him back. Now, maybe it's both of them, but I wouldn't want to throw in the towel this early on a first-round draft pick when we know that the offensive coordinator might not necessarily be as good as he should be. Uh, I don't think you can throw any other 2-2 two and two team in there. Would you no. throw the Packers in there? You can't. No, your list is good because these two and two teams are already behind the eight ball. They're already winning too much. New Orleans has been way too successful. How about the Rams? They're going to win too many games. They should be. Originally, we thought they'd be putting themselves in position, but they're going to win too many games. Sean McVay's done a nice job with them. They're going to win too many games to be in contention. So where are we here on the odds to cash in for Caleb 
at the moment? Do we have the uh, the odds right now for the first pick overall in the draft okay, and, is, and who's I, in the mix there? It is just the player. They're not giving you anything team-related yet. As okay. I try to bring this up, the only prop I can find right now, here we is go. who the player would be. Let's start with pick number. Caleb Williams minus 500 to go first overall. Okay. And then I can give you first non-quarterback selected, Marvin Harrison Jr., minus 150. I right. mean, that kid's a beast. He is. So there you go. He's a tremendous player. Listen. So that's it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I know some people, I think it was Orlovsky, but I, I don't want to credit it to him if it's not him, but made the case that you could pencil in Caleb Williams with the number one pick, but don't, don't put it in pen just yet. That was a few weeks ago. Maybe that's changed. And that's not to say it was some sort of hot take. I think he was just assessing some other quarterbacks and thought there were some really good QBs like UNC's Drake May that are going to be coming out. So it's a good – it is supposed to be a very good quarterback class. And we have a very deep list of teams that need quarterbacks. Well, I want to talk about this for a second. Because if you made me pick a team to bet on that's going to end up with the pick, it's the Bears. Obviously, one way or another. Is this some sort of take that's supposed to be revolutionary, Tom? No. Are we supposed to be blown away by this? No. But I want to. The part I want to talk about with it is that you've got Justin Fields, and what of these other teams would rather than draft a quarterback make a trade for Justin Fields? Mm, Like I, I, I'll give you a team that we have not talked about with Fields. That you kind of uh, poo-pooed the idea of them moving on from their quarterback yet based on the offensive coordinator. But one place I think that might consider trading for Justin Fields would be Pittsburgh. I did poo-poo that. You did? Yeah, I did poo-poo that. And I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. If you're one of those teams, who would roll the dice on Justin Fields here of the teams that want to either potentially draft a quarterback or find somebody. Atlanta, we have talked about as a place for Justin Fields. Where else would you consider if you're the Bears? uh, First of all, what are you going to get? You're going to get a second-round pick for him? Maybe. I think you probably would. You're going to get, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo brought back a second-round pick, and he barely played in New England. And the Niners, but there was also some mystique that, like, this was the heir apparent. There's some value here. You did see him play pretty well in the one game he filled in for Brady when he was suspended. Um, Maybe it was a game and a half, but then he ended up getting hurt, and Jacoby Brissett took over. Mm -hmm. I, I got one for you. I'll give you that in just a second. But to Pittsburgh, you can't bring in fields and have them under Matt Canada, can you? You'd have no. to get a new OC? No, you have to get a new OC. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. That's very interesting. Big physical quarterback. We've seen that in Pittsburgh before. It certainly worked, although that was a, a very different different style of quarterback, and Roethlisberger had a great arm for a while there. I, I One that comes to mind for me is Sean McVay and the Rams. Ooh. Because I don't, I don't, and this isn't to knock Stafford, I just don't know how much more is left for Matt Stafford. He won that Super Bowl. He got the new contract. It seems like he's kind of set out to achieve everything he set out to achieve. Legacy is set. I don't know if he wants to keep getting hurt every single year and dealing with this throughout the the rest of his life. So at some point, if he's moving on, given what McVay can do in terms of designing an offense, in terms of getting so much out of players we've never even heard of, does he take a look at fields and think, you know what? I got a lot out of Jared Goff. I can get a lot out of this kid, too. It's a fair question. It's a very fair question. Now, one last part of this. Sure. We do have to take into consideration 
the comments of Caleb Williams' father of, hey, you know, if it's not a good situation, he could always go back for whoever has the number one pick. So out of these teams, which of these teams would Caleb Williams, let's just argue he would legitimately consider going back because of NIL money, which of these teams would attract him to the league? Patriots, Jets, Raiders, Denver, Giants, Vikings, Bears, Cardinals. Here's the problem. So many of these teams are in this position because they are so poorly run. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, they are so poorly run. I would say he's probably not discounting either New York team because it's New York City. The opportunity to make money there is just sky high. So even when the Giants and Jets are dysfunctional. Yeah, but even when you're dysfunctional, you can go there and make a ton of money. Like, you can be very marketable. I think maybe Denver would have some appeal with Sean Payton, but I think teams like the Bears and the Raiders are automatically eliminated just because of how how poorly they have run their organizations for such a long period of time. I would agree. And if I were Arizona, too. You you can't go to Arizona. You can't. And if I were him, it would either be Denver or the Giants. At least I know Dable is good with quarterbacks. I do know that. And and he certainly helped get Josh Allen into the place that he is right now. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.